0: Bismillah Alhamdulillah, tonight is the 31st of January in the year 2024. And I spent the session last night mentioning some of the various reports in which our beloved messenger وسلم, instructed us with regards to keeping one's good health so to spend one more session on this subject so there's some section entitled not sitting for prolonged periods of time so first of all one should not unnecessarily sit on toilets This is just a bad habit per se. But what's interesting, there's a report. So, Luqman al-Hakim alayhi salam, he mentioned, Do not prolong sitting in the privy, for verily it gives rise to hemorrhoids, i.e. piles. Do not prolong sitting in the privy, for verily it gives rise to hemorrhoids, i.e. piles. This is recorded in Luqman al-Hakim wa Hikmah number 138. So, Luqman alayhi salam as famously known. He was known for his wisdom. And Allah the Almighty has honored him by mentioning a surat in his name, Surat Luqman. So, this great man, Radi alayhi he said that don't sit too long in the previous. The previous in those days was obviously in out in the, for the call of nature. Is it is, probably built up now in toilets. Then he explained why. Because it gives rise to hemorrhoids. And similarly, Luqman a.s. also said, Prolonged sitting in the toilet, or the privy, causes phlegm and hemorrhoids. Well, prolonged sitting in the privy causes phlegm and hemorrhoids. This is recorded in Nushatul Majalis 1-110. So, That's interesting, phlegm. Phlegm is usually a sign that you've got a virus kicking in the body. But according to this great man, that sitting in the toilet causes this. Maybe where uh, germs, you know, accelerate may go into your system. Mm -hmm. And clarifying further, Luqman also said, Indeed, an extended sitting for a need causes stress and anxiety to the liver. It gives rise to heaven and it sends heat to the head. Thus, you should sit a little and you should stand a little. Subhanallah. Recorded in Ruh al-Bayan 5 So now he's not talking about the privy or the toilet. He's just saying you shouldn't get into a habit of sitting for too long. He goes alternate it by sitting and standing. He then said, because it causes stress and anxiety to the liver. That's interesting. So the liver, what they've discussed or they've discovered now, it has over 15 jobs, And a lot of them is with regards to purification and digestion. If you remain stagnant, this is detrimental to the liver. But Luqmane alayhi salam said this thousands of years ago. Then he says it causes hemorrhoids, it sends heat to the head, thus alternate between sitting and standing. So note, this is ancient wisdom. Our beloved messenger himself said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates a youth who is idle. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates a youth who is idle. This is in Delemi, in his Musnad al Firdos, 1-193, Abu Nuaym al-Hilya, Hafiz Shauqani in his Fawa'id, page 147. Imam Ghazali in his Ihya, in the chapter on Patience, page 47 of the English translation. So, when you're older, maybe you've got some more excuse. Your energy isn't at the level as it was. But even then, they say you should still keep the blood circulating. But there's no excuse for the youth. And the Prophet himself said, وسلم, Allah detests that youth who is mean You've got so much energy. One of the elders... He mentioned that youth is wasted on the youth. <laughs> youth is wasted. In you know other words, give me your youth, I'll make use of it. So, not hemorrhoids are mentioned in particular. Subhanallah, the cure for hemorrhoids has also been given. Our beloved Messenger وسلم, is reported to have said, You have olive from the blessed tree of olive, treat yourselves with it. For it cures piles. SubhanAllah. You have olive from the blessed tree of olive. Treat yourselves with it, for it cures piles. So, this is recorded in Tabulani ibn As-Sidi. So, the Prophet mentioned that the olive has got Mm shafar, and he specifically mentioned one illness, and that's hemorrhoids. So, how does it cure hemorrhoids? So, you consume it. Mm -hmm. How much you consume? you know, Allah, Allah knows best, but even if you, if you have a little bit, it's excellent in terms of protecting you from ailments. <laughs> and similarly, figs are mentioned. Our beloved messenger is reported to have said, eat it, i.e. figs, as it cures piles and it helps in arthritis. Subhanallah. Eat it, i.e. figs, as it cures piles and it helps in arthritis. This is in Lami, Abu Nu'im, ibn Asinian Uddis. So, figs is the uh, uh, teen in Arabic, Zaytun is uh, the olive, and famously, there's a surat called surah al-teen. What teen was Zaytun? The two fruits are mentioned together. Teen is the uh, fig, and Zaytun is the olive. So, why is Allah the last swearing by the, what teen by the fig? Sorry, by the fig. And by the olive, was they do? And Hassan al-Bassi rahmatullahi aleyh, said in Ibn Abi hatib Allah swears by things that are beneficial for you. Mm. So he created it, he's designed this, and he's swearing by figs and olives. Mm. So surely they must have great benefits. So the Prophet is explaining. And look how interesting. Figs also cures piles. But he mentions it helps in arthritis. It doesn't cure it. Mm. If a person is, you know, you notice that you know he's got arthritis, maybe rheumatism or things of that nature, you should encourage him or her to eat figs. Figs <laughs> i.e. helps with regards to these ailments. And in another report, our beloved messengers reported to have said Sallallahu Alaihi if I had to say that any fruit was from paradise, I would have said it with regards to the fig. Indeed, it is beneficial in curing piles. And also certain types of gout. Mm-hmm. This is in Abu Naim Ibn Asini. Qurtubi al So here the Prophet said, that figs, I would say, are from paradise. If I had to say this. And then he said, it helps in curing piles and gout. Gout is called the rich man's illness. Where acid builds up in the joints due to eating... Uh, high cholesterol foods, right? Some people, is really painful. And the Prophet said, figs helps in certain types, meaning not all, in certain types of gout. So simply put, figs and olives are essential medicines for those suffering from the above illness Anybody with piles, with gout, with arthritis, figs and olives. So ma'anullah. <laughs> And also with regards to Zaytun, i.e. the alif the Prophet famously said, Sallallahu alaihi that, drink it and smear your bodies with it. It comes from a blessed tree. This is a authentic hadith. So not only do you consume alif, you should also drink it. That's the second command. So it's also good for skin ailments. People have athlete's foot, things of that nature, dry skin. The Prophet goes, smear yourself with it. <laughs> but, can't be stressed enough, the purest olive oil. You get obviously different levels of olive oil, right? But whatever, even if he's got some, there's still, still Shafai in there. But also drink, Just get into have habit of a little sip every day, get it into your system. So note, figs and olives are mentioned. Another thing which is not often mentioned when it comes to a blessing, and that is with regards to wealth. Wealth. So just to mention one report, the hadith is in Nabi in his Muslim al firdos 5-13, half is ibn a Hajj in his Tahneem 9-473. Imam Ghazali in his Ikhya in the chapter on thankfulness, is 133 to 4, the English translation, our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the best support in taqwa or deen is wealth. SubhanAllah. The best support in taqwa or deen is wealth. So what is the best support for your religion or your piety? It's wealth, the Prophet said. What does that mean? Imam Ghazali, he explained in the same reference in his ihya How could it not be so? A person without wealth loses his time seeking provision, finding clothing, residence and the necessities of life. He is also exposed to all kinds of harm that keep him from the remembrance of Allah and contemplation. These harms are driven away by the weapon of wealth. In addition, he who has no wealth is deprived of the excellence of Hajj, Zakat, Sadaqah and Uda deeds. All of what frees your heart from the necessities of this world is a help to you in religion. It is therefore a blessing. So, there's nothing wrong with wealth. The Christians, they believe wealth is the root of all evil. And we totally negate that. Right? Wealth is not evil. The Prophet did say it's a fitna. Meaning, if you don't know how to use it, it turns into a problem. But wealth by itself, per se, is actually excellent. If you've got taqwa, it's excellent. Because you'll use it in the correct manner, it will benefit you. And if you haven't got it, you can't do so many deeds. Hajj is gone. That's the first pillar of Islam. Secondly, zakat. So two pillars are affected. Mm-hmm. That is not further upon you. No is zakat. Sadaqah. And of course, anything related to wealth, you can think of any other good deeds. And if your heart is therefore free, something causes it to be free from worries, is excellent. And wealth is an excellent thing. So we have nothing at all but goodness in terms of wealth. This is why the Prophet famously said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. How good is wealth for a righteous man? How good is pure wealth for a righteous man? Imam Musnad Sahih hadith. So, wealth doesn't just mean money. Someone once said, Prosperity is from wealth. Luqman replied, No. A prosperous person is he. Who when goodness is sought from him, it is found. Otherwise, he frees himself from the people. Subhanallah. This is in Al-Bidayah 2-112. So wealth isn't prosperity per se. Yes, you are prosperous in one sense. But prosperity is the truly prosperous. Is that you're a person who benefits others. And if you don't find anybody to benefit, you benefit yourself. Rukman salam said, he is the prosperous. Look how simple the formula. So apply it to yourself. Do you benefit others? If the answer is no, then you're not prosperous. Mm-hmm. And if you, are you benefiting yourself? That sounds a very strange question to ask. And if you got double, no, then obviously, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire. <laughs> how can you be prosperous? <laughs> so this is what prosperous means according to the great Rukman alayhi <laughs> salam. And similarly, Abu Darda related, he asked, Ya Rasulullah alayhi wa sallam, it is more beloved to me to acquire good health so that I am thankful rather than being tested and I observe patience. Is this correct? Excellent question. The Prophet said, Wa <laughs> rasulullahi Rasulullah loves good health just like you. This <laughs> is recorded in Al Hitami in Majma 2-290 with a weak chain of transmission. So what was the question so abu darda he was thinking these are both excellent you've got good health and you are showing gratefulness for it excellent or you are being tested and you show patience because that's excellent but he said abu darda i prefer good health and to do gratitude but then he asked am i like the other so the Prophet said, Rasulullah loves good health, Ie and ease, just like you. I.e rather than being tested and then to show patience. So this is important. They're both excellent. But what is the one that the Prophet preferred? Ease. But what's strange. It's harder to be grateful in ease. It should be easier. Why? Because when you're tested, you have to be patient, you got no choice. Somebody goes, you're ill. You can't say, well, well you, doesn't matter. you have to be patient. But when you're in ease, are you grateful? Mm-hmm. So he goes, it's better to be in that state. And also what's interesting, you've got two of the great prophets. You've got Ayyub, salatu salam, and you've got Soleiman, salatu These are two great prophets mentioned in the Quran. Allah calls both of them, Ni'mal-Abd. They are excellent servants. But what is the difference? salam. he was a king prophet. Everything at his fingertips, But well, he showed gratitude. Ayyub was tested to the extreme, lost his family, his wealth, his livelihood, his health, everything. He was patient. Allah calls both of them the same. ni al-Abd. So if a person asks you, which one would you want to be? mashaAllah to be grateful and ease <laughs> that's the whole point if there was some other virtue with patience then go for it but there is no extra virtue mm. and this is why Sufyan ibn said this in in Shu'ab al-Iman those to be in ease and be grateful is better than hardship with patience for both carry the same rewards subhanAllah to mention Another blessing, and this is with regards to the beard. We have interesting reports about the cleanliness of the beard. Our beloved messenger, he said, Whoever combs the hair on his head and beard, he shall be protected from all types of misfortunes. Subhanallah. This is recorded by Imam Sayyuti in his Al Hawi Lil Fatawa, volume two, page 38 to 9. So, how on earth can you work (laughs) that? Somebody goes, comb your hair with this, you know, comb your beard. But why are we waiting for somebody to tell us that? If you look after your hair and your beard, it's a protection from calamities. Yeah. The Prophet said it, that Allah, it was interesting. If you look at people who are suffering, they disheveled. Yeah. You see it, hairs all over the place, beards all over the place. Is that a coincidence? And the one who seems to be like, you know, MashaAllah, you know, he looks like he's going through ease and he's grateful. He looks like, you know, he actually looks like he's in a good state. Mm -hmm. So there's a direct link with the outward and the inward. Mm -hmm. Our beloved messenger also said, Whoever runs his comb over his eyebrows, he shall be protected from calamities. (laughs) Whoever runs his comb over his eyebrows, he shall be protected from calamities. Recorded by Imam Sayyuti in his Al Hawi, Lil Fatawa, volume 2, page 38 to 9. So that was interesting. As you get older, your eyebrows start growing a bit hair you know, start, hair start growing. So you can use your fingers, no problem. But the Hadith mentions the comb. So if you use the comb over your eyebrows, again, it protects you from calamities, even though, you know, the humble eyebrows. Sayyidina Ali r.a. He released Messenger said Make use of combing your hair as it removes poverty. And anyone who combs the hair on his beard during the morning shall be in the protection till he reaches the evening. This is because indeed the beard is an adornment for the men and beauty for the face. <laughs> Recorded by Imam Sayyid in his Al-Hawi lil Fatawa, volume 2 page 38 to 9. So the Prophet said, if you comb your hair, it protects you from poverty. And if you comb your hair during the morning, you will be protected till the evening. Yeah. From poverty and protection from the think about that, from the from the beard or the hair. Then he said, because it's a beauty for the man. That's why Shaitan, won't allow it. You know, the whole West is obsessed with getting rid of the beard. You even have a stubble, they say, Oh, come on, you know, brother, you look, you're dishelled. Right? And if you keep a beard, what's strange, even though they're obsessed with getting rid of it, they allow it for those who are intellectuals, like professors. You notice, they won't raise an eyebrow to them. If you've got a professor with a beard, they go, Why aren't you having to go at him? And then they can't really explain because that's their fitra. Because they think, you know, he's a learned person and a learned person should keep a beard. But doesn't that mean? That a person who's not learned it, who's a bit thick, takes his beard off. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're saying? Because mm-hmm. never thought of that. Right, so there you go, look how the fitna works, you know, subhanAllah. Mm-hmm. However, one should first wet one's beard slightly and sit before combing. Mm-hmm. Sayyidina Wahab, he said, Anyone who combs his beard without wetting it shall increase in woolies. Whilst he who combs it while it being wet will decrease in worries. Anyone who combs his beard while standing shall be overpowered with debt. Whilst if he combs it while sitting, inshallah, debt shall be removed from him. Recorded Imam in his <laughs> Al-Hawi lil volume 2, page 38. So like I mentioned about coping yesterday, People jump straight into it, hang on a minute. There might be some no entries, even with the beard. So because I'm not combing my beard with that. He's in some dangers, yes. Standing and sitting and wetting. Because Standing and sitting and wetting, what are you talking about? If you comb your beard without wetting it, according to this companion, you will increase in woolies. So get some water, put it on your beard, not to make it completely wet, then you comb. If you comb it when it's wet, it will take away your worries. Don't ask me how it works. <laughs> Sahaba said it. <laughs> <radiyallahu anh. laughs> then it said, whoever combs his beard standing, he will be put into debt. <laughs> how many people in debt? <laughs> and whoever combs it while sitting, insha'Allah, dead will be removed from him. <laughs> so how is that linked? You know, ours is not to question one, ours is but to do and die. <laughs> This is the same right? So again, so simply put, wet the beard and comb it while sitting. Mm-hmm. Wet the beard or wet the hair, comb it while sitting, just a good habit. Just like you eat, you sit and you eat. Mm-hmm. Occasionally the Prophet ate standing, show permissibility. So maybe here is the same. Mm-hmm. So note again, all of these are for your own benefit. Mm-hmm. Then what if a person hasn't got a beard? Then there's problem, isn't there? Let's mention one more. The blessed necks of sheep or goats. So now, what's interesting the neck is a part of the animal people don't like. Mm-hmm. There's no meat or very little. In fact, it's bony, and people say, Give me the body. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. This part of the sheep or goat was beloved to the Prophet. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad 6 361, it has a weakness. Abu Ubaid, he said, Sayyidah Dib'ah bint Az-Zubair relates that she slaughtered a sheep in her dwelling and Rasulullah was informed he sent a message to her the messenger asked feed us from your sheep she replied only the neck is left and I feel shy to send it to Rasulullah Rasulullah's messenger returned and informed him She's only got the neck left, Ya Rasulullah. She feels shy to give it to you. The Prophet ﷺ said, Go back to her and tell her to send it. Why? For the neck is that part that guides the sheep and is closer to the khair, the good things, and far away from the adha, the harmful things. SubhanAllah. So the Prophet explained why he liked the neck. Because a go or sheep, they're not like cats. They can't start clearly their private parts going to those strange positions. So the neck is used for nothing but good. Mm-hmm. The Prophet goes, the neck is that part that guides the sheep is closer to the khair. It eats, does zikr with it. He goes, that's the neck. It's far from the harmful, meaning, you know, the dirt, dirty parts of the animal. He says, why wouldn't I want to take from the neck? Yeah. So note, this is the report Now I was interested there must thus be something very significant in the necks of both sheep and goats, which maybe they haven't found out. Mm. So when you do find that out, because <laughs> the Prophet only likes something which benefits you, <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes he would say things and people don't see the benefit. In fact, when you hear this report, you want to eat the neck, give me that neck. And next minute, you know, you're just, why are you so fascinated about the neck? Because the Prophet loved it. And what did the sahabah teach us? Whatever the Prophet loves, we should love. That's a sign of love. One of the four signs of love is that you love whatever your beloved loves. If he loves neck, we love be neck. Just like Anas said in Sahih Muslim, I love pumpkin. Ever since I saw Rasulullah looking for pumpkin. He didn't like pumpkin. But when he saw the Prophet searching for it, he goes, I also had a liking for it as well. This was Sayyidina Anas radiallahu. So note, on the subject of health, as in all things, we've been given great guidelines. The peace and blessings of Almighty Allah be upon our beloved Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, always and forever. Adios. Are there any questions you like to ask? You mentioned like um, spend time in privy. Yes. Use to two uh, Yes. What about those who uh, got a waste pass or a habit or spending time in the toilet? But that's more of like a. Yeah, spiritual health. Yeah, so this is the thing, that's why the whispers taking place. The shaitan wants you to spend more time in the toilet. That's the whole point. So, you know, if you think about it, shaitan is not a game to him. It might seem like a game to us, you know, like you play a game against another person. His games are to destroy you. So, why do you think you got whispers? So, a person goes, I just want to make sure that my wound is intact, this, that, the other. So the response is, but you're spending more time in the toilet. Because is there anything wrong with that? Because yes, that's what the shayateen are. That's the first problem. And the second problem is, are you more pious than Rasulullah? He told you the limits. So not again, this is why. So again, if you have this whispers, you just make a du'a, ya Allah, please eradicate this. One of the excellent ways to get rid of it is to do wudu with somebody sitting next to you. So you're going to the wudu khan of the masjid, let's say. And you said to him, Look, when he gets to my you might have a whispers, maybe your your hair. He goes, Please just do voodoo with me. And the person doing voodoo next to you, he does his voodoo, right? And he does he does the faded wudu, the bare minimum. So that straight away affects the person with whispers because he's thinking, you know, even in (laughs) wudu. So he'll do the voodoo and he goes, right? Let's go. So now that thing that's in the heart will start getting agitated. But it helps because you say, "Look, he's praying now. He's, he might even leave the prayer and praying behind him. How can his prayer be valid and mine not?" So this is one way to get rid of the the whispers. But you should also ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to help you. And those people who spend more time, you notice know, they get ill, they get physically ill as well. Astaghfirullah. Are there any other questions? You know. سُبْحَانَ بامي برد الله و بحمدك اشتري لك الى التصرفات و بلاغه و و بلاغه لا بلاغه و بلاغه و بلاغه رب و و و الإنسان اللي